There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Cole has a new title to add to the list of as many as 30 books that he has published over his lifetime. Uh, most of those are Christian books, but there are about 10 of those that are all about fishing, hunting and wildlife. Cole Stringer has a unique background of wildlife and humour, and that's won him the title Pastor Crocodile Dundee. And of his Christian books, there's some that you'll recognise on Eagle's Wings. Well, it became an international bestseller. Also, his book, 800 Horsemen, has also been a bestseller. Two of his books, 800 Horsemen and Fighting Mackenzie, were among the ABC's 100 all-time favourite books. Cole and his wife, of course, travel all over the world preaching the gospel. And Cole, very passionate about his writing and his new title, The Call of the Wild. Cole Stringer, welcome along to 2020. Thank you. What a great introduction. (laughs) Well, I was trying to say all the nicest things. (laughs) I was thinking, who's he talking about? (laughs) Just, uh, you know, one of these days I might be at your funeral and someone's going to say, what do we say about a a eulogy? And sometimes Uh we don't say enough nice things about people. But uh, there's lots of good things to talk about when we talk about your past, Uh, you know, hunting and fishing and uh, all of those books. And I think you held a a record at one stage for a shark that you caught. Mm. And uh, maybe we can talk about that uh, some more soon. But tell me about this new book of yours, The Call of the Wild. As I understand it, it's so new, uh, it's not even available just yet, and I think you'd probably have to order your copy. Yeah, we, we're supposed to be here in time for Christmas, but, you know, plans, But it, so it'll be here after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, it's, it's a book I've really wanted to write for a long, long time, actually. So I don't know when you get older, if you get stupid, or you just don't give a rip anymore. <laughs> so, so Jen said, you can't say that. And I said, well, I'm saying it anyway. <laughs> well, you know, when we talk about uh, the Australian personality, you know, Australian character, well, we can't just talk about people who live in the cities. Uh, we're talking about people who live in the bush. That's right. uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, outback personalities, outback characters. Mm. Uh, those are the sorts of things that uh, shape the way we are as Aussies. And, and over the many years, I mean, you don't look a day over 35, but I mean, there's, there's a few years under your belt now. And, uh, <laughs> and you've met a few characters when you've been out treading the boards, preaching the gospel and visiting outback communities. The other thing, Neil, is that I think we're, particularly the younger generation, we're, we're becoming strangers in our own country. Like, you know, and I'm not knocking it. They go to Bali and Singapore and the good old USA Bay, but they don't, they're strangers in their own country. I mean, we don't really know much about our own country. Our own. If you go out to, you know, Burke and outback places, it's a different world. It really is. I was watching on the ABC the other night. They had one 
they still have their Deb balls. You remember the old yep. debutante? Yep. And they said, this is who we are. You know, if you don't like it, ta-da, but this is who we are. And, you know, and the young ones have adapted into it as well. But in the cities, we're, we're strangers in our own country. We, we, we really are. So I, I wanted to write this for a long time, just, you know, just unique characters I met. Like we owned a gun shop, fishing tackle shop in Darwin for a long time. And just the, the people that you would meet, just, I mean, just, and... We were talking before, but some of these people, how do you get them in church? They've, they've never been in a church. They don't know what a church is. So how do you do that? Jesus rubbed shoulders with tax collectors, publicans, prostitutes. The average Christian doesn't do anything like that. Well, the average Christian doesn't frequent an outback hotel <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I know when I'm, when I'm driving through uh, outback towns and, uh, and I'd stop and uh, often my wife and I will walk the main street. But that's the best place to get a meal. It the is best, the best yes. meals in a the country. A counter, a, a counter lunch yeah, or a counter is. dinner, and yeah. uh, and the characters. I mean, everyone's got a story, but uh, you know, and some of them pretty rough looking characters, <laughs> and and you're not necessarily likely to go up and uh, and and shake a hand no. uh, without an introduction. But but even today, uh, a lot of the sorts of characters that perhaps we'll talk about today, uh, they're there in outback hotels, and not many people are ready to preach the gospel to them. And some of them can be, as you say, really rough, but you break down in the bush. I guarantee every car that comes past will stop and says, can I give you a hand? Try that in the city. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) You can stand on the side of the road until you're blue in the face. But, you know, even rough characters that just pull up and say, oh, you know, I've had people even when we were out on the road from Darwin to Alice Springs and we got a blowout and I had my four little kids, aren't little, a couple of guys jumped out and changed the wheel for me. Mm. And I just changed the tire. Mm. I mean, they may look rough, but a lot of them really are, are, are the salt of the earth. I mean, the news headlines don't always help because you've got occasionally you've got very violent characters oh, too out in the bush, course, and uh, course, you've got yeah. to have your wits about you. Yeah. You've got to, you know, you've got to uh, be cautious. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and some running away from reality or marriage or whatever they're they're escaping. So, yes, I understand that. Hmm. Okay, so the book, <laughs> The Call of the Wild, and uh, and it's not just about uh, the human types of characters that you've come <laughs> across over the years. Uh, there's some other characters as well. Uh, people probably won't believe this, but it's true. When we went moved up there, there was a, a Brahmin bull that used to go to the Humpty Doo pub every night. And I, I went down and I actually took some photographs. It's a true story. You can check it up. And I asked the, 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 the pub owner, I said, how did it start? He said, well, the, the owner of the Brahmin used to come in every night and he'd bring this, this calf. It was only a little calf. And he'd crack a tinny and give him a beer, you see. So the, it, it grew up and the fellow died, but the Brahmin kept coming every night. It walks up to the bar. They crack a tinny and stick it on his lip and he just tosses it back. And then he goes, who's going to argue with what a half-ton Brahmin bull? You know? <laughs> but, the, but the tourists were going for a long time to take photos he was the Darwin stubby drinking champion for four, four years. I've got photos of it. You know, some people, oh, I don't believe that. I've got photos of it. I've actually seen it. So, you know, but I, I just thought it was funny because where else but Darwin? Yeah, and uh, and there's no AA for uh, for Brahmin bulls, <laughs> is there? <laughs> and, and, and the and the bloke there said it was easy. We've got a concrete floor. I just walk after with a hose and. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the number of tourists that used to show up there just to see this Brahmin bull. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, I want to invite our listeners to join into our conversation today. And you might have a story or two you'd like to tell yourself. Uh, we won't restrict it to just uh, talking about you know church-related stories, but you might have a church-related story, a faith-related story, uh, outback characters you might have met, uh, a few funny stories. There'll, there'll be a few of those we'll share this hour. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Uh, you might like to join our conversation. Cole String is our guest. We're talking about his new book called The Call of the Wild. Uh, Cole, are you keeping count of all these books? Because uh, I said there's uh, roughly 30, uh, 10 of them about wildlife, 20 of those are Christian books. Uh, is that an accurate assessment? That's pretty accurate, yeah. I, I don't actually sit down and tally it up, but that's that's pretty accurate. But, you know, we were talking before and I was thinking, you know, if you, if you think about the Bible, David fought the lion and the bear, Samson dealt with the foxes, uh, the Catholics have their... Uh, patron saint Assisi, who's the patron saint of animals. So, you know, uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm in good standing there. But I, I, I like Paul. And Paul writes, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. In other words, just be yourself. Don't try to be something that you're not. And that that's all I'm saying. You know, don't, don't try to conform or, or squeeze. Or uh, We were talking before, but I remember... When I first got saved, you know, well, Jan had been a Catholic. I think everybody's been a Catholic once, haven't they? But anyway, I'm I'm kidding. Not everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she was Catholic. I was nothing, you see. So we front up and got saved and we go into the Baptist church in Darwin and we get some letters now. Great people and that, but nobody seemed to have any sense of humor. You know, and I said, oh, Lord, did all the nerds get saved or something? Is there anybody with a sense of humor at all? Anyway, I walked up and I'm, 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 in, I'm, I'm in culture shock. I don't even know the language, justification, sanctification. You know, we talk language. For the average person, it's another world. It really is another world. How do you bridge the gap between some Aussie blokes and, and the church? So I'm, I'm fronting up there and this one's a missionary and this one's a school teacher, they said, what do you do? I said, I sell guns. And they looked at me like I'd 6'6", six, six, had it on my behind or something, you know. <laughs> and I, I know what it's like. You feel just really alienated. It's not an easy thing to broach. And, of course, uh, people who live on the land and in outback communities, they use guns mm. in their regular day-to-day life. Yeah. It's a regular part of life. Yeah. Uh, you get to the city uh, where there's this much more uh, left-leaning idea that, uh, that you know, if you've got a gun, <laughs> that you must be actually an evil person. And oh, that's yeah. not necess- I, don't, I don't own a gun, but, Ment- I, but I know that. unbalanced, this, uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Well, of course, uh, you know we have strict gun laws That's in right. Australia too, yeah. and That's so right. uh, and so I guess people coming from more populated communities, they're uh, they're uh, more conscious of that safety aspect. But of yeah. course, when you have to have a gun, you're a man on the land. Yeah, uh, that's right. that's, a, that's a necessity of of your own livelihood. Well, my my father was a professional kangaroo shooter. We blew Skippy away. I feel a love coming from the tree huggers. You know, <laughs> I can't change that. I'm not trying to change that. I had my first air rifle when I was probably 11 years old. I just grew, but my father taught me how to handle firearms, like safely, the right way. Like I, I, even today, you know, I, I wouldn't dare carry a loaded rifle with it. You know, there's no bullet in the chamber, safety catch, all because that was instilled. You know that. These are a dangerous thing. So. We're taking calls. Uh, Penny is on the line from Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. How are you? Hello, Cole Stringer. How are you? <laughs> G'day, Penny. <laughs> yeah, 
it, how's it like in Tassie? What's it like down there? Oh, in Tassie. Oh, well, they're supposed to get to 21 today, and um, and that's a nice day in Tassie. <laughs> 24, and they say it's too hot. Yeah, positive heat wave. I've been to lots of places. I've been to Tibberborough before there was a bitumen road. Wow. <laughs> and there was one pub <laughs> okay. right smack in the middle of town. And a lot of country towns are like that. Uh, you know, things revolve oh, yeah. around the pub. Yes. That's right. But I've also been on some stations, cattle stations and sheep stations, um, and they're, they're the most incredible places. Um, and I've been to Great Island. Oh, that's 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 wonderful, Groot Island. Yeah. I haven't I haven't been there myself, but I've been to some some of the other islands, the Tiwi Islands. But I've heard yeah. Groot's great a, a great place. Oh, it is, it is, and it's it's actually connected to the Roper Roper River people. Yes, it is. That's right. That's right. And, and Arnhem Land and the missionary couple people that I stayed with. He was a builder, Ian Ward, and he used to go over to. Arnhem Land and teach them how to build houses. Okay. Did you do any fishing? Great fishing up there. Uh, no, I didn't. They had to um, watch the children with the, the rivers that went through because the crops could take a child because it's the same size as a small animal. Yes, that'd be right. Yes. So they had to watch them and the crops there were huge. The, these are the river ones. Yes. And it's an hour's flight from Darwin. Yeah, that'd be right, yes. And yep. um, I stayed at Aliangula. Yes, Aliangula. I used to send... Yeah, yeah, I remember how to say it. I used to send firearms out there they, to the mission out there at Aliangula. Yeah. But are you there? Yes, yep. yes. Yeah. Um, here's one story that I can tell you about Good Island. Um, the... Ian Ward was taking me around to different places to show me and came across this old fellow down on the beach and he didn't say anything but he had a little fire going and he had an old beer can which he washed out and then put some water in and then put some, um, uh, not clams, mussels in the water. Yes. And let them boil till they opened and gave me one. Oh. And, and I was told that that is so unusual because he just doesn't do that to anybody okay. or anybody. He took a liking to you. Yeah, I was just, it was one of those wow moments, you know. <laughs> they never spoke, never spoke once. Oh, okay. So, but that was one experience. When I first got there, um, all the children crowded around me so close that I had to stop because I couldn't move any further. <laughs> and one girl said, oh, do you have a bra on? And she lifted my dress up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Penny, you had some great experiences and uh, thank you so much for sharing your story today with us here on 2020. At 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to join our conversation, Cole String is our guest. His new book is called The Call of the Wild, uh, characters that you meet 
uh, in the outback of Australia. And we're talking through a whole bunch of good things today. If you'd like to join in, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Joe in Blacktown in New South Wales. Hi, Joe. Welcome along. Oh, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Um, uh, 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 the call of the wild really caught my attention um, several years ago. I was, as a single parent, I had a, a young daughter that was uh, riding to a horse riding, and we um, got involved with the uh, professional rodeo um, circuit, the ABCRA. And we spent a lot of time um, in outback New South Wales, places like Brewarana, Gilgandra, uh, Canamble, Lightning Ridge, uh, doing rodeo and um the people we met are just real salt of the earth uh, type of people. Um, we we um, we got to meet uh, chaplains that were um, involved in the rodeo circuit and, and just met a lot of really good salt of the earth people. You know, that, that's, and um, that's great. Yeah. I think you've got an English accent there, so that'd be a real yeah. Originally from the UK, and um, that'd be a bit very down to earth. You know, um, they'll invite you over for, for dinner and yes, stuff. that's right. And yeah, chop the head off a chicken and pluck it and cook it, and mm. there you have fix it. your no, car no, up for you if you're on, out on the road. That's right, that's right. But with the rodeo circuit, we had um, two groups of people. There's the Rough Stock Brigade, or the Bull Riders, and they're pretty sort of rough and ready young people that sort of like to party hard. But there's uh, the timed events crowd, and they're more family orientated around barbecues and fires. But a lot of it, uh, personally, is, is you chase a thing called a trophy buckle. At the end of the year, if you sort of finish uh, on top in, in prize money or, or points, you win a trophy buckle. And I tell you what, I thought I was a good horseman until I got into rodeo and I realised I was pretty basic and ordinary. These guys are highly skilled, you know. Yes. But um, getting back to that trophy buckle, I just want to share with everybody that that what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians um, uh, chapter 9, verse uh, 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we, an imperishable crown. So can I just want to encourage every Christian out there just to keep on running that race because we have this imperishable crown that Christ is waiting to present to us, each uh, each of us personally. So, so keep up the good work for the Lord. That's a good word. That's a good word. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Good to have you along with us today talking about Cole Stringer's new book, The Call of the Wilds. Cole, let's talk about the gospel in the outback. I mean, this has been part of our history. And when we think of the likes of John Flynn and the... Uh, the inland missions, the Royal Flying Doctor Service. These were Christian missions that That's were right. reaching out into outback Australia. And yeah. uh, and there's a rich history of the gospel going into the outback. Very much so. The uh, Like you say, Flynn of the, the inland there, and after the First World War, and they they realised, you know, the just sheer size of the country, but they were starting to get into aircraft. They had pedal radios. And so he got the Flying Doctors kicked off. It, it started off by Christians. And, of course, wherever he landed, the presence of Christ arrived. And, uh, and so you had the church beginning to get established in the outback. And, and there's, uh, lots, uh, there's lots of, of Christian foundations that were laid in those early mission days. Well, I remember reading one story. I'm not sure if it was Flynn himself or one of his men, but they were out and they were preaching and he comes into a town, Burke, somewhere out in the outback. It's just a pub and a police station. So he wants to have a Sunday night service. Where does he have it? So he goes and asks the... The pub owner could have used the pub, and so the the publican says, "Well, if there's anybody left sober afterwards, you're welcome to use it." So after they close the bar, he gets up and he says, "In, in his book, he's talking about the, what am I going to preach to these men?" And he says, "Start talking about mateship." So he he starts on that. And he says, "You know, where would we be without our mates?" And he says, "You know, most of us wouldn't been alive in the in the last war." And talks about how he would have perished in the bush. His friends came out and found him, rescued his life, and he's going on. 
And then he says, but I want to introduce you to the, the best friend of all, a friend that would never leave you. And Jesus says, greater love is no man than this. And he laid down his life for his friends. And they're talking about there some of the roughest guys. And he says, hands go up to accept the Lord. They pass the hat around. Can you believe this? The first ever offering they reckon they ever taken up in the pub. So, you know, it's sort of a, it's a different world. It is a different world. And this issue of mateship, I mean, maybe we can talk about that forged at Gallipoli. And uh, that is obviously one of our historical uh, times uh, where mateship was really defined for Australia. But, uh, but this really is a strong concept uh, right throughout the outback. Sometimes it can even be a stronger bond than, than even marriage. You know, that I'm not promoting that, but it's very, very strong, you know, particularly in the outback because a lot of times you, you have, your life relies upon your friend, your mate. And uh, I've just, I've just uh, observed some of those things. I remember my own dad, my dad was only saved the last 10 years of his life, but he was 95 when he died, but he never missed Anzac Day. D- didn't go for the booze or anything. The reason he went was to see his friends and they were lifelong friends. I mean, you know, they were when the army, what, when they're 18 or 19, right up until the day they died, if they needed money, if they needed support, whatever, they supported each other because that's what friends, you know, that's what mates do. But that's another thing that we've lost. You know, I, I, I'm harping back to it. But, you know, the real Australia is not in the cities in the bitumen road. I mean, that can be anywhere in the world. You really need to get off the, off the we used to call them bitumen road safaris, actually get off the bitumen road and see where the real Australia is, you know. And we used to joke, you know, because here in the city they buy their new four-wheel drive and drive around they get a bucket of a dirt and throw it on the side to make it look like they've been, <laughs> been, off, been off-road. Yeah. Been off-road, yeah. <laughs> And we'll take some calls in. Let's take a call now. Let's hear from Dave, who's in the Northern Territory. Ooh. Hello, Dave. Yeah, g'day. How are you, Neil? Very well, Dave. What are your g'day. thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm just um, enjoying listening to hear Cole talk this morning. Um, Where are you, Dave? I live in Nullamoy, North East Arnhem. Oh, wow. Awesome. That's great. I've yeah, been there no, a few I'm, times. Galleroy, Galleroy, Yinapingu. I'm, I'm at the end of a 700k one-way dirt road. So, um, yeah, living the, living the dream up here. I'm an uh, animal control officer in town, so I take care of the wild dogs, buffalo and domestic dogs and uh, help the Indigenous uh, land councils with crop management and stuff. Uh, that's great. I've been some good fishing up there, mate. You'd be right. Brilliant fishing, actually. I was working on the weekend and a mate dropped a few fish off for me, nine of them, in, and they barely fit inside a, a big uh, ten litre bucket. So he said, uh, here you go. I had a good a good session this morning. You can have these. Um, so, uh, so, um, it's uh, it's a different life, and and I love it. Um, we've got a few churches here in town, and there's a lot of outreach going on here with uh, with the local um, indigenous people, the Yomal people. Yes. Um, and uh, I've got quite a few friends up here that are Yomal people as well, but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, Neil, you'll have to do something about the signal strength of the tower. I think I can only get uh, Vision Radio one kilometre diameter sort of from the tower around town. Well, that, to, that'll uh, mean you'll have to work closer to, <laughs> closer to town, Dave. Oh, no, <laughs> as soon as you go past a kilometre, I've got to change station. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's it. Uh, Dave, uh, listen, you're in animal control. Uh, yeah. For listeners who are listening in cities all around the place, tell us about one of your day-to-day routines. Uh, you mentioned buffaloes, you mentioned crocodiles, wild dogs. Uh, what happens on your day-to-day uh, routine? Well, well, my job basically is to keep everybody in town safe from the wild dog situation. We, When I first started here, there was 
lot of packs of, of dogs that were working the area and the surrounding bushland. Um, they were attacking domestic dogs and chasing people and attacking people, and uh, and there was really minimal minimal thing things sort of being done about the, the wild dog control. At the moment, I'm calling you from my vehicle. I'm on a buffalo patrol right now out in the bush, so um, I'm just running the fringes of town. Just uh, I do a lot of tracking, um, so I find out where the buffalo have come into town and when they've come into town and where they're likely to be and if they're going to be near a populated walking track or an area. I, uh, I then try and find the buffalo and either move them on. Um, you know, uh, you're talking about rifles before. That's a very big part of my job, um, safety and all that sort of stuff, having the appropriate accreditation and all that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing a job here in um, Nullumboy just trying to keep people safe. Um, more people have been killed by buffalo in the last 15 years here wow. in town than crocodiles. Wow. So, um, okay, and, buffalo uh, are more dangerous than crocodiles mm. in Nullumboy. Well, yeah. well, they are in Nullumboy because most people are croc-wise and stay away from the water when they can, whereas a buffalo, you could be walking down a track and come across him at any stage, and uh, you just don't know. What, what are they? Do they just randomly be. attack, do they? Generally not, but sometimes they, they can attack, yeah. So, so sometimes they'll just walk away. Uh, other times, depending on the season, uh, a lot of the, the buffalo that we see are all males, single males and bulls, and they come into town. And they're all flushed up and uh, and sort of raring to, to go, looking for, for cows. And uh, they'll mark out territories. And if you're a suspecting bird watcher walking around a track and you come onto a, an area where a buffalo is um, is holding that ground as a territory, he could get quite cranky. So uh, I've got to find out where these buffalo are and then make sure people know that they're there or move them on. Well, Dave, uh, thanks so much for sharing uh, your, your day-to-day activity as a vision listener there in Nullanboy. Uh, just yeah. brilliant to hear from you. Thanks so much for calling in today and uh, keep your eye out for Cole's new book, The Call of the Wild. I think there's a few buffalo stories in there. And uh, yeah, so, Okay. Good on you, Dave. Thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. We're going to news in just a few moments. Uh, great stories. I mean, this is these are ordinary, everyday people listening to 2020. I mean, I'm excited to hear from people like Dave. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back after the news. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. Maybe you do something pretty unusual in your community and uh, a bit of an outback character. Uh, call us on 1-800-316-316. We're back with more. Cole Stringer is our guest. The Call of the Wilds is new book. We're talking more after the new. Cole and his wife Jan, they travel all over the world preaching the gospel. There are some passions that run deep in the life of Cole Stringer. Uh, Cole, one of the passions you have, of course, is crocodiles. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What, you try to avoid crocodiles? What are you saying? Well, Well, I... In the days you could shoot them, I had to shoot five before I found one with boots on. Okay. One, <laughs> one croc boots. <laughs> okay. Crocodiles are an important part of anybody who's lived in the Northern Territory. I mean, uh, crocodiles are it's like uh, you know the national, I don't know whether it is an officially uh, the national emblem of, uh, of Northern Territory. probably needs to be. But uh, crocodiles and the Northern Territory, they go hand in hand. Crocodiles mm-hmm. in Australia, they go hand in hand. And you've got a few crocodile stories in your new book. Well, I lost my Labrador dog to a crocodile, okay. so I have no real fondness. I love to photograph them, I do that, but no, I have no real fondness for crocodiles. Okay, there's, uh, there's, but, a, there's personal grief in that, because <laughs> yeah. if you lose one of your favourite pets... Uh, it, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I love this quote from Steve Irwin here, if I can read this to sure. you. He says, uh, uh, crocodiles are easy, they try to kill you and eat you, people are harder... 
sometimes they pretend to be your friends first. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. At least you know where you are with crocodiles. Yeah, and, and uh, while that might be an amusing quote, there, some people will say, well, I can see the truth in that. I, uh, I did a book on Sweetheart. That was the, the giant croc up there. It's in the, the Darwin Museum and uh, sunk about 12 boats. So I actually had the privilege of going down with Boyne Litchfield, actually. We used to go down to the Finnis River. It was owned by Clyde Rebors, an American cowboy. I'll talk about him a little bit later. Just a, probably the best horseman I've ever seen. In fact, Bing Crosby had offered to him a cha- chance to star in movies before he moved to Australia. But anyway, uh, it was at Sweets on Finnis River Station, and this big croc started taking boats, smashing boats and destroying boats. So uh, Boyne Litchfield was the first one that got attacked, the very first. But before all of these attacks happened, Boyne and I used to fish down there on the Finnis River. And I'll never forget one day, you know, we're fishing and he hooks a lure up and strips down to his wife run undies and dives in. And he's coming up and I said, aren't there any crocs here? Boyne says, oh, nothing to worry, mate. <laughs> and, he's, and he's driving in to get a $2 lure, you know. Oh, no. And with a couple of months after that, he was attacked, sunk his boat and... And uh, Sweetheart went on the rampage. Mm-hmm. Sweetheart has some notoriety. Uh, we are taking calls, 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today, talking about characters in the outback. Nicholas is on the phone from Victoria. Hello, Nicholas. Welcome along. Oh, good afternoon, everyone. Hey, good to talk to you, Nicholas. What are your thoughts sure. on our conversation today? Um, I, I called up um, just to... to to have a, a yarn to you guys about my mum, Heather. Um, yeah, she um, she 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 um, has a passion for looking after um, like early childhood and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like she um, she's a childcare consultant, and um, what she does is she um, she travels all around Australia. But um, she her passion is going into like remote. Um, Communities in um, in the outback, and um, you know, like just trying your hardest to, because a lot of there's some people in the industry that um, they don't really want to travel outside the cushy hotels sort of thing. So, Mum thinks that's where the help, the most help's needed. So she she uh, excuse me, she doesn't worry about that, and she um, she just goes out there, and um, I'm really proud of her. And so I just thought I'd call up and. Um, you know, that, that's really commendable, mate. That's very commendable because thank you. A, a lot of those people out there, they really do need a lot of help. Uh, yeah, they do. And um, I, just, I just, I'm not calling up to sort of, um, you know, sort of make a big song and dance. I just, I just want Mum to know I love her, and I'm really proud of her. You know. Yeah, that's great. And she'd have some wonderful stories. I remember yeah. when we would go out into Arnhem Land, and you'd see the. The awful things through through the drink, you know, and the abuse and the physical abuse yeah. and things, and the, you know the kids were neglected. It's just awful, you know. So, uh, it's wonderful what your mum's doing. That's great. Yeah, yeah, she's um, and she only does it because she loves it, you know. Like, yeah, she's just she's a lovely lady, you know. And the Aboriginal people really respond to that too. They just, you know, they really do. They, you know, take you into their family and they. Yeah, they really accept you into their culture. Yeah, well, um, you know, God, you know how God is love. Or I think the, the love that you put into a, a child's life to begin with is so important. You know. Yep. Don't you think? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Because it, it's like laying the foundations for how, the sort of person they're going to be later on in life. Yeah. 
Nicholas, did you say your mum's name was Heather? Heather Barnes, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it, is Heather listening in, do you know? Uh, I don't think so. All right, well, uh, but uh, let's pray for your mum, shall we? Can I pray yeah, for her? Let, let me lead us. I'll happily lead us uh, in prayer. Loving God, thank we thank you for Nicholas and for his yes, mum, sir. Heather. Yes, sir who as an early childhood uh, trainer, person who's looking out uh, for the children of the generations in the outback, Lord, our prayer is for your blessing to be upon her and everything that she puts her hand to. We give you thanks, Lord, for her courage, uh, for her sacrifice, for her ability to just be a people person, to draw alongside uh, those who are in sometimes the most dire cases of need. Bring your blessing upon Heather, I pray, and on Nicholas too, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nicholas, thanks so much for being part of this conversation today and uh, just honouring your mum because there are so many people yes. who are like Heather that do actually go into the outback. But uh, but I think Nicholas touches on something pretty important there. If you get a, a sort of a cushy coastal city type of a feel about your life, Cole, uh, you're not likely to be wanting to go and uh, put yourself through some hardships, you know, 40 yeah. degree plus temperatures That's through right. the day, staying yeah. in places that don't have an air conditioner and a That's nice right. big uh, queen yep. size bed. That's right. Hey, give your mum a big hug for us there and say hello. <laughs> Good on you, Nicholas. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Cole Stringer is our guest. Cole, let me ask you a question that brings a spirituality into all of this, because sometimes we think of Jesus and we're thinking of the land of Israel. It's it's on the other side of the world. And here we are in Australia, uh, outback Aussies, uh, you know, high temperatures, uh, you know, arid landscapes. Mm. Uh, What does Jesus have to do with the outback? What are your thoughts? Well, Jesus went into the wilderness. It's just a different terminology, isn't it? Okay, wilderness is another way of describing outback. The bush, that's, that's it. The Holy Spirit <laughs> led him into the bush. Uh, you, I, I believe he went aside when he needed to, to recuperate, you know, when he needed to spend time praying and things like that, he would go into the wilderness. So it, I, I sort of think it's, it's part of that, you know, we talk about recreation. Think of the word recreation, recreation. You know, you get away from what's, you know, the normal world, the rat race, everything else, and you just get out and you just commune again. Just, you know, find yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, what I still love to do is I'll just go out. Maybe I don't have to go hunting, take my camera out. I'll go fishing or just go looking to photograph some wildlife, go up into the tam- the tambourine mountains up here, you know, on some bush tracks and fight the snakes off. And <laughs> but there's just something special. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me, you know, but if you're brought up that way, it, again, when you're living in the city, the concrete, everything, it's sort of a, you feel like you're in a foreign place. That, that's why with my own kids, my own grandkids, I like to take them back. You know, just a lot of, they don't know anything about horse riding, they don't know where milk comes from out of a cow or any of those things, chooks and chickens. It's We grew up with those sort of things. It's all foreign to them now. So anyway. Uh, the comforts that we have often grown so accustomed to in the city. Uh, oh, let's go out for dinner tonight and we'll choose one of, you know, might be 50 restaurants uh, to be able to go to and have wonderful uh, food prepared for us, a yep. lovely table setting, it's all air-conditioned, a nice setting, there's fountains, beautiful, <laughs> you know, beautiful sort of a lifestyle if you can live that. But uh, not everybody has that 
in the bush. Yep. Uh, and uh, and so we, we sometimes are completely removed from the reality of people who are living in the outback. Well, waxing lyrical here, I actually lo- I love my country. That's not just an, a nice cliche that some people... I actually love my country. We've lived in the United States, passed in the United States. I've travelled extensively, but I really believe this is the greatest country in the world. Uh, hands down, no problem, you know. Uh, and it's it, it sort of... But we need to reacquaint with it again. If you look at a map of Australia, almost two-thirds of the population live on a little strip that runs around the coast. What, what about all the rest? What about the people in the, in, the, in the interior and just, you know, reacquainting and just find it down the Murray. Now, we've done holidays with our kids. We've been to Bali and Singapore and America. And the, my kids still to this day say the best holiday we ever had was on a houseboat going down the Murray River just as a family, pull up on the shore, have a barbecue, catch a couple of fish, play games at night, kick, switch a stupid television off and actually play games. And you know what? There's, there's pelicans out there and you're feeding pelicans and catching fish and yabbies and my grandkids love that. I think you've got to take your kids when they're young enough to appreciate it because uh, when, <laughs> when they hit teenage years <laughs> and they're all, uh, you know, they're into yeah. uh, all of the gadgets and, uh, know. you know, it's, know. It's, there's challenges there. We took our kids on, a, on an outback expedition, uh, drove up into North Queensland and then mm. inland uh, to Hewenden and in Winton and Longreach and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, which I absolutely loved, and I lived in Longreach for a couple of years. Just a fabulous place. But, right. uh, but you know, our teenage girls yeah. didn't necessarily appreciate the outback in which, uh, in the way that I was hoping that they might. Playing all the computer games <laughs> on, the, on the phone, head in a phone. Can you get your head yes. out of that stupid phone? <laughs> Look, uh, you might like to join our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Cole String is our guest, talking about outback characters. You might have your own outback character or adventure that you might like to share with us. We're talking about Cole's new book called The Call of the Wild, so new that it's actually not out yet. He'd hoped to have it out uh, ready for distribution before Christmas. It's not quite going to get there, but it's uh, it's got lots of great colour photos uh, of Cole's uh, history uh, living in the Northern Territory. Uh, there's cartoons in there. There's stories. Uh, we'll be talking some more about that in just a few moments. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Cole Stringer is our guest. We're talking about his new book, The Call of the Wild. Cole, you've hosted a whole bunch of well-known identities. Uh, While we talk about Aussie characters in the outback, uh, you've had a whole lot of people come from overseas and they were your outback guests. Had Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Seville, Joseph Prince, uh, the singer Cliff Richards, all of those guys. Now, when you've got the likes of a uh, Cliff Richard, yes. uh, who's in Australia and uh, wants to have some sort of outback experience, mm. what sort of things do does someone like that tend to do? Well, he was a really great guy, just really fitted in. Like he was doing a concert in Darwin, you see. So, he, but I I knew his pastor in England. I'd met him. So he told him to contact us. So they arrive out here, you see, and I'd forgotten about the concert. He rings up and said, this is Cliff Richard. And I said, yeah, and I'm Tinkerbell, you know. <laughs> he said, no, I'm really him, you know. And he said, I'm here for a concert. And he said, but we want to come to church. Would you come and pick us up? So I said, righto. Went and picked him up. And we didn't have enough room. He sat on the console. wasn't even a seat between the seats. We had his drummers and his 
his um, his guitar player came back Sunday night and got filled with the spirit in my church. Wow. But lovely. And he stayed afterwards, not in love with his mirror at all. He signed the drums for the young guys, took photos with everybody. My daughter, he said, I'm just asking one favor. Please don't tell everybody. He said, we just want to be... So my daughter, you know, my kids told her, people turned up we've never seen before, you know. And my daughter sat next to Cliff, you know, and sharing the Bible with him. And he says, my name's Cliff, what's yours? And she said, I forgot. (laughs) 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 Just great people. And And, perceptions that your international guests, when they've come and they've preached in your church there in Darwin, uh, do they have any particular perceptions of uh, of outback people? All want to go to the outback. They've got this idea of the outback is just one place, you know. Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, uh, Dennis Burke, people like that. And I've taken them out. We flew out into the Tiwi Islands, Bathurst Island, to a place called the, the Barra Base, and I took them fishing there. And we're sitting at night, and we've got these fish, and we're sitting on the, the veranda. And so I took all the carcasses of the barramundi, and I stuck them just on the edge of the water. And we're sitting there with the floodlights on, mixing these two big crocs, just climb out and come up. And he said to me, he said, I've been all over the world. He said, I haven't seen anything like this. And every one of them that I've taken have said this, you have something very unique in this country. You have all of this this beauty and, you know, wildlife. And he says, but you don't have the population of the United States or, or Europe where, you know, that you're falling over each other. He said, you've got something magnificent here. I remember him saying it. I remember Jerry Sabell saying it. I remember Cliff Richard saying it. And, of course, there are so many unique things about Australia, and, uh, you know, not just in the outback, but the Great Barrier Reef and uh, all of the islands that surround the nation, Fraser Island or mm. Kangaroo Island, uh, uh, all of these wonderful uh, these wonderful attributes that we have in Australia. And, uh, and they've all got their unique characters. They've all got their unique characteristics that do... Uh, that do paint us in a in a certain way. So overseas people, they do have their own perceptions and uh, they don't get to see this stuff just anywhere. I know, and they pay big money to come and do that sort of thing. You know, as I say, the tourists, um, one of the best characters I've ever met is a, a ex-American cowboy, Clyde Rebors. I told you about him, and one of the toughest. I mean, this guy is so tough that he chews nails. I'm not joking. <laughs> anyway, I've been trying to go down to fish on Finnis River Station, and he said if he ever found my Toyota on there, he's going to set it alight. <laughs> right. Anyway, I, I managed to make friends with him, and he would come in, and I'd give him ammunition and take him for a cup of tea and coffee and all that sort of thing. So we got really good friends. Anyway, so we go down there, and we would go fishing, and we'd shoot the pigs because the pigs were destroying his whole property. You know, there's just hundreds and hundreds of wild pigs. But I'll never forget we pulled up this day, you see, and Boyne and I were just getting out, and down the road comes Boyne, uh, comes Clyde on this horse, and I mean, he's galloping flat step, you know, big steps, and pulls up, and the horse is all, you know, lathered, and, and, and you know, you could see that it was really upset, you know, and he, he takes his head off and he says, Are you the people that left the gate open? And I'm, <laughs> I said, No, Clyde, I wouldn't dare. He, he, Clyde's fetish was anybody that left the gate open. I said, no, we wouldn't do that. He says, well, when I find the ones that do, they'll never do it again. <laughs> and I believe that. Colourful language is a part of uh, something of the outback character as well. And, uh, and you know, when you when you you can't describe it so much, uh, you know, on the radio you here. Better not, you, know, no. you better not, no. But it is something you have to get used to when you're in the outback. Yeah, and one good thing I found, it may be different now, but when we had our gun shop, you know, sometimes Jen would come in. I'd noticed that the blokes would come in and they'd see her, they wouldn't swear. 
In fact, one day, one day she was in there and she was doing some cleaning and this big old cowboy comes in. He says, blah, 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 and lets it go. And she's my wife. And she, my wife's German, you know, yeah. background. She comes in and she says, this is our shop. I'll thank you to, you know, just to keep that language to yourself. And he goes, oh, takes his head off. And she says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. You know, now they wear it on their T-shirts yeah, and flaunt right. it in your face. <laughs> but, you know, some of those guys were talking about characters. Let me tell you about one guy. I, I love this old fella. He owned a cattle station as big as almost the some European countries, you know, but he can't read or write. Ex-light horse he was. Anyway, he used to come and buy ammunition. I said, you know, I really admire you. I said, I'm not just, you know, buttering you up. Could I take you out for a cup of tea, cup of coffee, take you to lunch? I'd just like to talk. He said, okay. So we're out. And I said, look, I said, you've got this huge cattle station. I said, you can't read or write. How do you do business? I said, you can't even sign a check. Your wife signs the checks. He said, I was raised to do business on a handshake. He said, my father raised me that a man's word was his bond. Now, doesn't the Bible say, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no, that a righteous man swears to... There's people in the church today I wouldn't trust with a loaded shotgun if this is all right to be real, you know. I certainly wouldn't trust him with my wife. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying there are people. And here's this man saying, he said, you know what, Collie said, I've given him a word, shaken hands on deals, and it's cost me a lot of money. He said, but a man's word is his bond. And he said... Today, you can have a signature on a contract. It doesn't make any difference. If they change their mind, they'll just get a lawyer to get them out of it. I'm sitting here just thinking, you know, this man is actually living biblical truths, not just talking. I said, you know, that's Bible. That, that, that's Bible. He didn't know that. He said, well, that was the way I was brought up. And that reflects on our Christian heritage yeah. and those values that came with uh, the Christianity of the past 200 years and it's shaped the culture and uh, and and we're in danger of course of losing that uh, very significantly Cole we've run out of time oh. uh, <laughs> been great getting your insights uh, hearing your stories uh, I know that the book is not out yet it's uh, the call of the wild is this something that people can pre-order or uh, how do you get a hold of the call of the wild your latest book if they just go online, or better, if they send me an email, just col, just C-O-L, col at colstringer, one word, dot com, or you can ring us on 0755227367. I would have liked to have bought you up some copies to give away. I don't have any, but I'll send you some. <laughs> <laughs> col at colstringer.com. Yes. Uh, Cole, great getting your insights. Thanks so much for taking some time to be with us today. And thanks to those listeners who called in with your own stories about Outback characters. Uh, Great to hear from you. Uh, We'll catch up again another day. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand. Or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.